Once again, to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. This is number 44 in our series called Psychology on Vinyl, where we try to understand both the subtle and blatant psychology behind and within famous records. Let's start this one off with an illustration. Have you ever been to a child's party when you were little and maybe were presented with a grab bag of candy? Now, back in the day, these guys were usually not see-through. You just randomly took a bag, not knowing what you were going to get inside. Why? There was no specific packaging. If you're in a store, you want a Kit Kat bar, You go find the Kit Kat bar with the Kit Kat bar wrapping, and you get your Kit Kat bar. You want your Starburst? Same thing. You want your Twix? Same thing. But in a grab bag, you get surprised, and it either lives up to your desires or it doesn't. So imagine that you secretly want a Kit Kat, a Twix, and Starbursts. And when you open your grab bag, not only do you have Kit Kats, Twix, and Starbursts, but also peanut butter cups, dots, Mr. Good Bars, Crunch Bars, and even a couple of lollipops are in there. Essentially, that's what happened to me when I first heard the record we're going to be analyzing today as a young guy. It was released in December 1980. It was a triple album containing 36 tracks, six songs on each side. And check this out. It crosses various genres, including funk, reggae, jazz, gospel, rockabilly, folk, dub, rhythm and blues, calypso, disco, and rap. Today, we will be checking out Sandinista, which is the fourth studio album by the clash now (laughs) it took a while to listen to the entire thing again in order but what was funny is that i remembered a lot of it as a kid it just came flooding back to me when i was listening to it recently one thing i think i appreciate now more than ever was the rhythm section of this band paul simonon on bass guitar and Topper Hedden on drums were perfect. They they just were the perfect rhythm section for The Clash. And and I was impressed because they had to learn and in in a way that was convincing, play all these different styles. It kind of reminded me recently, I watched one of the Taylor Hawkins tribute concerts and I thought, dude, These guys in the Foo Fighters, especially the ones whose names I don't know, had to learn dozens and dozens of songs for this, differing in style from, on one hand, every little thing she does is magic by the police, to like, on the other hand, 
Hot for Teacher by Van Halen, and they pulled it off. Well, it reminded me kind of of this record. Paul Simonon and Topper Hedden did the same thing here, except this was mostly their own original material that they came up with. See, these two needed to learn convincing and non-generic ways to play funk, reggae, jazz, gospel, rockabilly, folk, dub, rhythm and blues, calypso, disco, rap grooves, and beats. Not only did they do so, but when you throw in the dub versions in here, this stuff was just pouring out of these two musicians. And that is impressive. Now, I read that some feel like there's a lot of filler on this collection. You know, part of me understands why. But to me, this goes back to my episode on 1970s music as a whole. And this was just 1980. Bands were allowed to take their time. They worked out jams and grooves and hung in there until the song told them when to stop. Radio hits were not as important as just playing. That said, I think this collection is just right. It's true. Some songs I like less than others, but do I find filler? No, I don't. Even, even in backward tracks or in those that sonically are really different and far, far away, when you listen to this in context, all of those pieces fit the context. Joe Strummer is a take-no-prisoners lyricist on top of all this. He paints these word pictures that put you in the songs. Now, just for those who may want to know, one quick note, there are a few moments of strong language on this record. I, what I think is interesting is that I used to listen to this constantly, and I never heard any until I actually looked it up for, for this podcast. So it's subtle, but it's there for those out there who want to know, which I fully respect. I'm going to only touch on a couple of tracks here. Being that, again, there are 36 songs in total, and I'm sure that you have dogs to walk or you need some sleep, so I'm not going to cover all of them. But, but check out some of the words, for example, on one of the songs called Something About England. I missed the 1418 war, but not the sorrow afterwards. With my father dead and my mother ran off, my brother's took the pay of hoods. The twenties turned, the north was dead. The hunger strike came marching south. At the garden party, not a word was said. The ladies lifted cake to their mouths. <laughs> there is so much depth, feeling, and mind you, fire in those words. It's speaking to a people from the same people. On side two, there's a track called Somebody Got Murdered. It's dark. It's bleak. But it is so very atmospheric. Again, it's like crawling inside of a book that's a page turner. It says, in part, someone lights a cigarette while riding in a car. Same old guy takes a swig and passes back the jar. But where were they last night? No one can remember. Somebody got murdered goodbye for keeps forever. 
and you're minding your own business carrying spare change. You wouldn't cosh a barber. You're hungry all the same. I've been very tempted to grab it from the till. I've been very hungry, but not enough to kill. Somebody got murdered. Somebody's dead forever. The flawlessness between musical styles and guests on this thing, it's just really, really amazing. Another example is when they tackle gospel on the song Sound of the Sinners. Notice what he sings here. He says, As the floods of God wash away thin air, they say it was written in the page of the Lord, but I was looking for that, that great jazz note that destroyed the walls of Jericho. After all this time to believe in Jesus, after all those drugs, I thought I was him. After all my lying and crying and my suffering, I ain't good enough. I ain't clean enough to be him. I can't emphasize enough how convincing the genres are pulled off. While at the same time, there's no doubt in your mind that you are totally still listening to The Clash. They sound like The Clash, but they just did so well in attacking these different genres. This was a band that was growing by leaps and bounds creatively. If you need proof, listen to their debut album before or after this one, and then check out the growth spurt. A few years ago, on a personal note, I played a little vocal acoustic guitar live set in a bookstore in Dallas. And, and, and part of the set list that I chose was one of the songs on here called Police on My Back. It was one of the ones that later people wanted to know, who wrote that song? Is that your song? Where can I hear that song? Well, it's on this album, obviously, which is great. It's, it's where I've heard it and I've always heard it. But I also learned that it was written by the writer of Electric Avenue, Eddie Grant, when he was in a group called The Equals. So how great is that? Another song, Broadway. It's perfect. <laughs> it's just picturesque. It may be my favorite song on the record. Maybe. Maybe. It's about a boxer whose career is basically done, and he has little to show for it. He usually just goes with it until one night in the city in the rain, he sees a limo, and he dreams of being in that limo, owning that limo. When Strummer sings about him taking right hooks, you feel them. You see him on the street. He even has a sense of humor as he sings. Up the hills. Yeah, boys, let's strike for the hills while that petrol tank is full. Give me a push. Give me a pull. Give me a llama. Give me a mule. Give me a donkey or give me a horse down the avenue so fine in style. Then when the song fades out, we hear unexpectedly 
a child singing the Clash song, The Guns of Brixton, at the end. I feel that there are no accidents on this record, personally. Maybe it was put there to help the youth to prepare, or maybe to illustrate how the boxer feels in his moment of fantasy. I don't know. What I do know is that it's haunting, and it really works atmospherically. If you think Clash slash Punk Rock, and that's as far as you go and as far as you want to go, don't buy this record. You're going to find some here, true, but it is an incredibly diverse work when it looked like creativity was just pouring out of these people. But before you make that choice, think about this. For the first time, the band's traditional songwriting credits of Strummer and Jones were replaced by a generic credit to The Clash as a full band. Do you know why they did that? It meant less money for the actual writers. The band agreed to a decrease in album royalties in order to release the three records set at a much, much lower price. That, my friends, may just make this their most punk rock record of them all. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist. And for this Psychology on Vinyl series, the subject matter is the playlist itself. So we have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, The Clash Sandinista Playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash The Clash Sandinista. Here are our six sides. Side one, The Magnificent Seven. Side two, Hitsville, UK. Side three, Junko Partner. Why do I keep saying side? It's not side. Track three. Track four, Ivan meets G.I. Joe. Track five is the leader. And the sixth song on side one is Something About England. Side two, you have Rebel Waltz. Look here. The Crooked Beat. Somebody Got Murdered. One More Time. And then the dub version of One More Time. One More Dub. Side three, lightning strikes not once but twice. Up in heaven, not only here. Corner soul, let's go crazy. If music could talk and the sound of sinners. Side four, police on my back. Midnight log, the equalizer, the call up. Washington Bullets, and Broadway. Side five, Lose This Skin, Charlie Don't Surf, Mensford Hill, which is actually something about England played backwards with overdubs. I think it's very interesting personally. 
The fourth song on side five is Junkie Slip. Then there's Kingston Advice and The Street Parade. Last side, side six, Version City, Living in Fame, Silicone on Sapphire, Version Partner, Career Opportunities, and Shepherd's Delight. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast-The Clash Sandinista. You know, all this show simply would not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be awesome. But whether you do or whether you don't contribute financially, just please feel free to listen and enjoy any time and don't worry about it. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a huge difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.